Thursday, July the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, a record number of American drugs deaths and China's GDP growth. First, the world in brief. A record 93,000 people died from drug overdoses in America in 2020, a 29% increase from the previous year. As well as worsening some people's anxiety and depression, lockdowns imposed during the pandemic reduced access to needle exchange programs, narcotics support groups, and other life-saving measures. More deadly drugs, such as fentanyl, also became more common. China released GDP data from its second quarter, showing growth of 7.9%, a far cry from the 18.3% it clocked in the first quarter, but only slightly below the 8.1% that analysts were anticipating. The rate probably reflects pricier commodities and a dribble of COVID-19 outbreaks. China's recovery drives other economies, and this year looks like a bellwether. Saudi Arabia agreed to let the United Arab Emirates pump more oil, removing a barrier to OPEC striking a global deal to increase supply. Their announcement sent the price of Brent crude falling. The agreement has yet to be ratified by OPEC+, Plus, which includes Russia. Other members might argue to be allowed their own increases too. Vigilante groups are forming in the South African provinces of Gauteng and KwaZulu-Natal to defend homes and businesses from looters. Armed minibus drivers have fired at rioters. The violence, which has killed at least 72 people, was incited by people close to Jacob Zuma, the former president who was jailed eight days ago. The government plans to deploy another 25,000 troops, a tenfold increase. Cuba lifted duties on food and medicine imported by individual travellers, a small concession unlikely to satisfy protesters who took to the streets this week. The cost of basic goods has been rising during the pandemic, and the number of arrivals has fallen dramatically. The communist regime has blamed the protests on American-backed, quote, counter-revolutionaries and the food shortages on America's embargo. Britain's rate of consumer price inflation rose to 2.5% in the 12 months to June, up from 2.1% in May, according to figures published by the Office for National Statistics. Inflation is predicted to peak at 3% later in the year. The higher-than-expected figures suggest that businesses are responding to the easing of lockdown restrictions by increasing their prices. Democrats in America's Senate introduced a draft bill that would decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. The proposal, backed by Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, would remove cannabis from the federal list of controlled substances. Recreational use of marijuana is already allowed in 18 states. Medical use is legal in 36. And fact of the day. America's Federal Aviation Authority launched 540 investigations into unruly passenger behavior in the year to July 6th, more than three times the number for the whole of 2019. And now, here's today's agenda. Steaming ahead, Nord Stream 2. When Angela Merkel, Germany's Chancellor, meets President Joe Biden in Washington today, Nord Stream 2 will be high on the agenda. Germany vigorously supports the controversial 9.5 billion euro, 
$12 billion pipeline connecting it with Russia. America does not and has hit companies involved in the pipeline with sanctions. The American government argues that NS2 hands too much market power to Vladimir Putin, Russia's autocratic ruler. Much of the gas that flows from Russia to Europe currently passes via Ukraine, earning Naftogaz, a Ukrainian gas company, some $2 billion a year. Ukraine frets that NS2 will see Russian gas supplies sent straight to Germany. Russia argues that America's concern for Ukraine is just a cover for its own desire to sell gas to Europe. America is likely to lose this one. Support from Germany and energy companies for NS2 means that construction should finish this year, and so Europe will become more dependent on Russian gas at a time when its own supplies are dwindling. Growing Apart – Poland and the EU Poland's Constitutional Tribunal will today resume considerations on whether the country's constitution takes precedence over European Union treaties. If the tribunal rules that Polish laws trump European ones, Adam Bodnar, the country's human rights czar, warns that it will set Poland on a path towards expulsion from the EU. The hearing is the latest showdown in the protracted dispute between Poland and the EU over the government's judicial reforms, which the European Commission says undermined the independence of the judiciary. So it is fitting that today is also the day on which the European Court of Justice will rule on the case brought by the Commission against Poland, which concerns a new disciplinary regime for Supreme Court judges. On May 6th, Evgeny Tanchev, one of the ECJ's Advocates General, warned in a non-binding opinion that the regime is incompatible with judicial independence. If the ECJ agrees with Mr. Tanchev in its ruling, the rift between Poland and the EU will deepen even further. A fragile state, unrest in South Africa. South Africa, with high levels of unemployment and inequality, is no stranger to unrest. But the wave of violence over the past week, the worst seen since apartheid ended in 1994, is more than a cry for help. It was incited by people close to Jacob Zuma, the former president. They want him released from jail and to make it impossible for Cyril Ramaphosa, the current president, to govern. The current chaos highlights South Africa's fragility and how difficult it is to move away from a political system long defined by corruption. Mr Zuma was jailed on July 7th for refusing to cooperate with an inquiry into the graft that occurred under his rule. Mr Ramaphosa, when elected in 2018, tried to clean up his predecessor's mess, putting honest and capable people in charge of the prosecution service. Yet Mr Zuma's cronies have not welcomed the return of the rule of law, and now they risk undermining it once again. Still bouncing back, China's GDP. China's economy grew by 7.9% year-on-year in the second quarter of the year, slightly below most expectations, but not so much as to signal a dangerous slowdown. The release of GDP data today was being watched warily. China announced on July 9th that it would cut its reserve rate ratio, the portion of liabilities that banks must hold on to. This is usually well received by analysts because it makes lending easier and can stimulate economic activity. But some reckoned that it was a sweetener to accompany some bitter truths. That might be accurate. 
Bloomberg had estimated 8.2% growth, down from more than 18% in the first three months of the year. But others had predicted GDP to come in as low as 7.7%. Healthy growth in China will stimulate more demand around the world. More importantly, China was the first country to recover from the pandemic. A bouncy return bodes well for other countries. Sputtering growth, on the other hand, is a bad sign for everyone. Too many hurdles. Race at the Olympics. Discriminatory rules create barriers to participation in sport. Complaints about, quote, misogynoir, prejudice against black women, are especially rife before this year's Olympics. Soul Cap, which makes swimming hats large enough for black hairstyles, was told by the water sports governing body that there was, quote, no need for caps of such a size at the Games. African women, such as Christine Mboma and Beatrice Masilingi from Namibia, are being penalised by World Athletics for having naturally high testosterone. Shakari Richardson's suspension for use of legal and non-performance-enhancing cannabis has reignited questions about whether anti-doping regulations, just like some countries' drug laws, unfairly penalise minorities. Then there is the question of protests. The International Olympic Committee bans political, quote, racial propaganda, although organisers have consented to athletes taking the knee in support of Black Lives Matter. Two gloved fists outraged Mexico City in 1968, but their point still stands. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Emmeline Pankhurst, who was born on this day in 1858. We are here not because we are lawbreakers, we are here in our efforts to become lawmakers. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.